Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Monday Morning Recap. My name is Pastor Matt, and I'm here with Pastor Jamal. Yo. And Pastor Todd. Hello. And it's, uh, well, I was thinking about this. It's actually Monday afternoon. You can almost call us, but really, people probably, I don't know when people listen to this the most, so really, it's the whenever you listen to this (laughs) recap. That's really what it could be. We're recording Monday afternoon, but whatever. So uh, glad that you're joining us today. We're talking a little bit about the sermon. Uh, you know, we were just having some epic discussion before we hit record here. And I think all of us had a little stuff going on. I had three cups of coffee before this. Pastor Todd was had a few things he was working on. Frustration with computers. Technology is great when it works right. When it doesn't work right, it's like the bane of my existence. You oh know my what gosh. I mean? Like it just—it's very frustrating. The the computer in the office with uh, Microsoft Office Word and all that stuff not working right. Downloaded, not working right, and it's just like, okay, can we just buy a new computer with it it's already so installed? <laughs> That's where I'm at right now. Actually, you know what? This morning when I was driving up, I was in North Jersey this morning. But when I'm driving up, yeah, I think it was the weather, but the the maps like app. Like, I had no connection, to anything. It's like I had no internet, but I had full bars, and it just kept saying. So thankfully I knew my way up, but I'm like, what if I didn't know where I was? Like, it just wasn't working. It, that, yeah, it irks me so bad. But I think it was the weather because on the way down it worked fine. And and I'll be honest, I've become very dependent upon GPS. Yes. Like yeah. when I first started here at the church, they gave me a nickname called Pastor U-Turn because I was using a paper map to try to go places. Okay. And we were going places all over to do different activities. And I would always be like, oh, there goes the road. <laughs> you don't have to turn around and go back to it. So when I got GPS, man, I was like, I don't even care if I'm going to my parents' house. I'm putting it on. Yeah. Because I just, then I have time, you know, and I know yes. it, and, and I use it all the time. But yeah, when it, when it's not working right, I do feel like a little, a little like, I don't think I know where I'm going. I've been here 500 times. I don't think I, yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What if I miss her? I didn't pay attention because I'm using the GPS. So I don't know the landmarks I had to get right, there. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I usually, I almost always put it on as well, even if I know where I'm going. I just put it on because like. It's like habit. Yeah, it's like a habit, right. I mean, it's, right. It's, not it's to, a security thing. It's, yeah, yes. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. So, yeah, it's so annoying when technology doesn't work. But so hopefully it's working today for this podcast episode. Well, let's talk about the sermon and really kind of finishing this Rekindling Our Hearts series. I think it's been a great series in February. A study through the book of Kings, looking at different kings in uh, Judah. A lot of great stuff, a lot of great quotes um, from Pastor Jeff. And then Pastor Jamal, you shared yesterday some great stuff as well. And we'll talk about it. And so actually you did give us a quick recap in your sermon. We uh, The couple kings that we did look at. Joash, who was remembered as an evil king. Uh, what the Lord had said to him and what he promised. We looked at um, Hezekiah and uh, how he was a positive example. Uh, Joash was a negative example, how how he had kind of abandoned his faith in the Lord. Hezekiah was a positive example. And then his son Manasseh and how he had parted ways from the Lord and how he was totally different. So yesterday you talked about the story of Josiah and thought the message was great. And also it was a cool perspective because, you know, and stuff that you had shared before the sermon was kind of like <clears throat> many, if you've been in church or you've heard of King Josiah, you already know he's a good king. And that story of them rediscovering the Torah and they read it. And it's, it's, I, it may be too much to say the word romantic, but there, it is so positive and uplifting. And that's how we read it. Mm. And so you didn't take away from that, but you did offer a, 
another perspective which was really valuable so you know um you know you said his four his four phases of rekindling and then really at the end of the day how we're like judah maybe we read we can read it like we're josiah and like yeah i mean look at me i'm great and it's like no we're like judah and you talked about that and then ultimately how jesus is needed we have to die daily in order for those things that josiah did to really be prevalent in our lives um so i think it was really cool um so you know let's talk about it i had a couple questions and anything you got pastor todd as well you want to throw out there but so this is something actually that i've been thinking about and we don't spend a ton of time here but i thought of it as i was writing up questions you know so you his four phases was that he repented he renewed his relationship with the lord removes idols and reinstitutes it reinstitutes the passover and stuff but so for this first one i had ones for almost all of them the first one repentance the lord accepted his repentance as genuine uh i've been thinking about this would you guys differentiate or how would you differentiate repentance versus confession i have some thoughts on this but i've, I've been thinking about this a little bit want to see what you guys had to say about that all right so i'll talk a little bit since pastor jamal's sermon so uh, yeah. um Can you confess something and not be sorry about it? That would be my thought. Like, can you, like, in my mind, part of confession biblically would be agreeing with what God has said about whether something's right or wrong. God, you've said this. And not agreeing like God needs my agreement for him to be right, but like, no, God is right. So now I'm going to admit within myself that you try, <laughs> you know. Um, but I think in human terms, I think we can confess that we've done something, but not feel sorry about it and not turn from it. And I think repentance is not just acknowledging that something is wrong, but then turning away from it. And I think sometimes we all, we think repentance is simply turning away. But repentance is actually, if you're turning away, you have to be turning to something. So it's not just turning away from sinful behavior, but it's turning around and having a new goal of turning towards God's way. You know, so, I, I mean, that might, I don't know if that's exactly what you meant by that question, but in my mind, like, you can confess stuff and not be sorry. Repentance is a changing of heart. Yeah. You know? Okay. Okay. Any thoughts, Pastor Jamal? Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Okay, <laughs> I got plenty. I got plenty to yeah, ask, yeah, so no, you probably just, have plenty just, to weigh in. I mean, on. yeah, I I agree. Obviously, well, I'll say obviously, but but I agree that yeah, I agree because in my mind, you know, there's <laughs> what's the what's the phrase? Sorry, not sorry. Like you know, it's yeah. like sometimes people that's how they live their lives. <laughs> so um, so yeah, I just believe that that is definitely possible, and so and really truthfully, sometimes. Ultimately, when we do sin, uh, I don't say ultimately, I would say oftentimes when we sin, that's exactly what we're kind of saying to the Lord. Like, I know that this is what is right, but I'm going to choose to do this because this is what I want to do. So I'm sorry, but kind of not really because it's what I want to do. So, yeah, that's why I, I would argue and say, yeah, one, we can definitely um, find ourselves in that space in that place. So, you know what, let's stay on this for a second because you did kind of come back here actually to this idea of repentance. And yeah, I definitely agree with you, Pastor Todd. I've been thinking about this. The reason I brought it up is because I've been thinking about this and I shared it in Young Adults last week. Oh, and Rebecca had made the comment that your sermon really 
made a lot of sense with some of what we've been talking about on Mondays with young adults as well in the book of Jonah and the study we're doing. But I said that, you know, I think sometimes we can be in these circles or patterns of confession and you find yourself continually confessing sin. Be like, why am I back here again? You know, I, I, God, I'm sorry. And you, you really are sorry, but what there's been no change. And maybe that's where like repentance against like, two sides of the same coin repentance is the now turning away from so maybe i am confessing sin and i really am sorry but i've made no changes in my life and now so now i'm in this cycle instead of turning away um those so kind of kind of really what you were saying as well pastor todd and so just along that line you know same thing i just want to see what you guys have to say you know i love something that you pointed out pastor jamal and jeremiah and talking about Judah and you had said, you know, what's worse than idol worship, fake repentance. And again, we actually talked about that last Monday night and that was really good. And you talked about how the people were secretly still worshiping these pagan gods, even though Josiah removed them and all these things. Uh, And, you know, we really do this in our own lives still. So I guess I wanted, I kind of had, I have two separate questions. I'm just going to ask them both, though. Mm-hmm. So, so one, how can we spot fake repentance? Maybe it's obvious. Maybe we know it deep down. But so, how how do you spot fake repentance in your own life? And two, what do you do when you find yourself there? And I'm saying this because even in the book of Jonah, when he brought that up, he's he's kind of coming at you like, oh, do you do you desire Jesus or do you really desire this? And I guess I'm sitting there saying to myself, you know, what if I do answer the question, and say, I, I guess I really. I realize I, I don't desire Jesus the way I tell myself I do. What happens when I find myself there? I go, well, I guess, what do I do now? I, do I just say I'm sorry and hope something changes? Like, uh, So I know those are kind of two, they're kind of separate, but they're related. What, what, How do we spot fake repentance? What do we do if I find myself there? That's really the question. Yeah, I think you spot fake repentance by... Uh, when you find yourself back in the same spot, <laughs> like yeah, it may not be hard. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> if you find yourself back there, I think you have to ask yourself, did I really mean it? Yeah, because so, and I think this one, I don't know, this one really resonates with me because in oh, oh, is it getting real? In my marriage, I'm the one who's always sorry, right? I'm the one who's always like, ah, I'm sorry, babe, and I realized. Two things helped me to realize that that maybe that I lived in a space of like maybe not always thinking I lived in a selfish space. I'll say it like that, because once one thing that started happening was my wife just started saying, OK. Like I would apologize. She's like, OK. And it was just like, why are you saying it like that? I'm I'm apologizing. Like she just say, OK. And then one day <laughs> I had asked, her, I was like, how come when I say I'm sorry, you say, OK, she's like, because I just. I'm just saying, okay, like, I'm like, no, it feels weird when you say it. She's like, I'm like, do you not believe me? She's like, nah, sometimes. And I was like, what does that even mean? And she said, I just know that I just trust you to be you. And I was like, that just sounds like you just said you trust me to do it again. Do it again. <laughs> and she was like, sometimes. <laughs> and that was, a, I mean, that was, Oof. you talk about a hammer to the pro to the ego but it w- i needed wow. to hear it because it was like okay do i really mean this when i say that i'm sorry is it a selfish sorry so that i could feel better because that's sometimes what 
right, it is. Right, I feel better. Or or I'm sorry that that made you upset. Yeah. I'm sorry that this was wrong. And I'm so, sorry that right now we have a problem. Right. I'm not sorry about what I did to get us there. Right, and so I had to start to really assess my sorries. And then I... And then I, I said it to, I told a friend what had happened and he was like, he's like, man, sounds like your sorries are pretty sorry, man. And I was like, <laughs> thank you for that, uh, you know, encouragement. But it was, my sorries were sorry. And I was like, how do I, how do I keep my sorries from being sorry? And the reality was you keep your sorries from being sorry by, by actually being sorry. So like, you know, like you, you, does that make sense? Like you keep your, there's a, f- there's a few of them. Sorry. You keep I, your I did sorry. follow. Yeah, I you did keep follow. Your, the, value, was... the value of your sorries, um, they, you keep the weight of the value of your sorries by making sure you follow through on what you're sorry about yeah. and having changed behavior. So that was for me. Yeah. They're know. not just a set of words in a moment right. when you, you do feel bad in that moment. Yeah. And I, and it's, and it, yeah, you feel bad in that moment, but it's got to go beyond. It's got to go beyond. And I didn't well one of the things that was cool was um one day my wife just said, "Hey, I've noticed that you've changed this and this, and I just want you to know that I appreciate that." Better recognize. <laughs> Better recognize. <laughs> sorry, sorry. That was not <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but she but she but she I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't expecting it. It was out of the blue. It was like totally like like we're like just doing random stuff. And she's like, hey, I just want you to know this. And I was like, oh. And I was like, why are we talking about, you know, what? like, why are we talking yeah, about this right yeah. now? Like, we're doing this. And she's like, I just want you to know I see this and I appreciate it. And it was a, a minute, like, I had to kind of sit with that, like, oh. but then I was like, oh, I guess that means, like, I've actually taken these things to heart. Yeah. And that means a lot to her. Yes. And so seeing that translate translate over was, I don't know. I think that that's when you kind of, if we're talking about when, you know, like, when do you know that it's fake repentance? Probably when you kind of find yourself back in that same spot. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then uh, just a, one more thought, and then I'll kick it to Pastor Todd. But you talk, you asked, you know, well, how do you, like, what do you do in that case? Uh, what do you do in that case? Like, if you're, um, if you find yourself in that spot of, like, maybe, continue, you know, fake repentance or whatever, whatnot. I think, to me, it is... I think to me, we, because of the fact that we are fallen human beings, will often find ourselves back in these spaces. And it, it all, all it really does is testify that the Bible is true when it says who we are as human beings and the effects of sin and how much it's affected us. And it also speaks to the truth of who Jesus is and our necessity for Jesus. And I love, I guess for me, I, I call it a psychotic or whatever, but I love it because then it, it just proves God to be true. And then it just proves everything that God has done to be true. It, like to the point where Jesus work on the cross is so complete. It is so like God thought about everything. Every detail is covered. Yeah. Right. Like the idea that Jesus says, you know, I, you know, like, in order for the Holy Spirit to come, I have to go away. And the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, will come. He will lead you in truth. He will remind you of the things that, the, that, that I have spoken to you. You know, the Holy Spirit empowers, enables you to live a different life. So, like, you start to see from beginning to end how systematically intricate the work of God is from beginning to end. And so, 
I, I understand that verse where Paul says, I boast all the more about my weakness yeah. because it now testifies to the goodness of God, the grace of God, how deep that actually goes. Not saying that I glorify my sin, but I'm saying, man, I can't do this. Man, I desperately need God. I desperately need Jesus. And thanks be to God for completely making sure that everything about my brokenness is taken care of. Um, that it's paid for, that it's reparable, and that I can take zero credit for it. Like, I can't be like, man, look how I fixed myself. No, it's truly uh, the work of God through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Second Corinthians <clears throat> chapter 7 says, verse 8, Even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, I don't regret it, which is pretty tough. Like, oh, I'm sorry, did it hurt your feelings? <laughs> but <clears throat> though I did regret it, I see that my letter hurt you, but only for a little while. Yet now I am happy, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led you to repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended, and so were not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. Worldly sorrow brings death. See what this godly sorrow has produced in you. What earnestness, eagerness to clear yourself, what indignation, what alarm, what longing, what concern, what readiness to see justice done. At every point you have proved yourself to be innocent in this manner. So I think part of um part of like is repentance is true is do you see people trying to correct behaviors? Not just being like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. It's easy to say sorry. You know what I mean? And sometimes it really is so easy just to be like, oh, I'm sorry. Can't we, can't we just move on from this? And not sitting with the reality of, okay, I've wronged you. I've wronged God. Now I need to show, not earn forgiveness. Because like that's not the intent. But the intent is like, but I don't want to do that thing again. And I, I think a lot of times our repentance is not really repentance. I think it's guilt over getting caught, guilt yeah. over consequences, pain, frustration over consequences. Um, and we don't take it much farther than that. And that's when I think a lot of times we end up in the same place over and over and over again. But I think like repentance like real repentance is that turning away from that thing and running towards god and that's why you're showing your earnestness because you're seeking to be more like god you're in that area you're seeking to be eager to show you're dealing with this you know and not just quickly be like okay i'm sorry let's move on you know and i think to I think sometimes we people get kind of stuck in this place right here, like what you're saying about the confession or, you know, fake repentance. Um, and they turn it into behavior modification. And so behavior modification <clears throat> is like, oh, look, I'm doing the things differently, but there's no like heart change. And mm -hmm. so see, so I was trying to I was going to say that there's some kind of dichotomy going on or maybe we just need to create categories or something, because in one sense we do that. We say, hey, it's not about behavior modification. Mm -hmm. Right, we say that a lot, but in this conversation we're having, we're saying, well, it kind of is like you, you should be changing your behavior if yeah. you're repenting, and so maybe I think they're both true. So maybe just 
Yeah, so, making that so, so, so is can, I, can I say it this way? Like, like repentance is more than just behavior change, but it's not less than behavior change. Mm, so good, Pastor Todd. Yeah, That's I stole great. it from somebody. <laughs> That's why it's good. <laughs> it was <wasn't> mine. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that, yeah, definitely, like, repentance is the byproduct of the relationship that you have with Christ Jesus. So if it's not the relationship you should have with Christ Jesus shouldn't be behavior modification. It should be, I've wronged you. I don't want to do this again. Um, therefore, I will, you know, by the by your power and your strength, you know, by the Holy Spirit, I will make, I will, with your help, I will make these adjustments. So, yeah. Yeah, I think when your heart is into, like, I, I, I really wronged this person or I wronged God, then behavior change will be a part of the expression of that heart thing. But you're absolutely right. We can do, and we can be very selfish about, um, well, I'll do this thing because it makes you happy, mm-hmm. um, but I'm only doing it because it makes you happy, not because I actually acknowledge that this mm-hmm. was something bad that I did. Right, you know, and so and it is about that relationship. You know, uh, I always think since I've been married, I'm like it's such a great picture of that. And and yeah, like right, just oh, it makes you happy. Oh, you think we should spend more time together? All right, I'll just sit next to you more. Like, <laughs> okay, I mean it's probably like one percent better. It is, <laughs> but like. It's because I value a real uh, a relationship that we have, an intimacy yeah. that we have, a connection, and right. So it's like, oh, does God? What does God want from me? Just behavior modification? No, of course not. He's not looking for behavior modification. However, because I'm in a relationship with Him, when I've wronged God, I should change my behavior if I really love Him. And so, oh, does God want that? No, no, uh, no. It's is I that want all that. It I is? want. Is that. that all it is? Is just changing behavior? Yes. Right. No. Right. But should changing behavior be part of it? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. That, those are some great thoughts. And let's keep going through these four that you mentioned, Pastor Jamal. He, Josiah, again, he repented, renewed, removed, and reinstituted. So, and when you said he removed idols, you know, again, great point. And you really picked that apart. So I have like a context question or kind of about that. And then I have like, you know, application or personal for us. So let's do the context one first. Um, you know, he threw out, you said, the Baal altars, the Asherah poles, the stars in the sky. They were worshiping those. They el- eliminated the priests of the pagan gods that were, like, in the temple. He, like, that had happened. He's like, you're all fired. Destroyed the place where they worship Molech. And you had talked about that and how, you know, dark, really dark it is. And, I mean, you know, it's something, whatever. It's, just, it's very dark. Um, okay, and then this. Now, this is what I want to ask. He defiled the altars of pagan worship. And you had talked about it, right? He... Um, they took the bones from like the priests or the worshipers who had died, sprinkled it and how that's, that's not just like a, oh, we're done here. It's like it, he defiled it. It's disgusting. It's like, it's a podcast. Can I say it's like he pooped on it. It's it's, it's like, this is what you get. It's a big middle finger. Like it's like, (laughs) it's what it is. And so, so what I'm asking is again, we can preach this and be like, look at that zeal for the Lord. (laughs) Amen. Right. But, but it, Come on, like, like if that was if 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 a church. Oh man, I you couldn't we no, justify? Hold on. I, are you about? To, hold on, I feel like this one is about to take a hard left. I'm not. I'm not taking it anywhere else. Oh, like, I thought you were gonna say. I, you know, I'll well, just say I it could. for you. I'll say it for you. I'll say it for you because <laughs> okay. I feel like this is where you were gonna go. Yeah, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But in my mind, in modern day times, you're talking about taking a 
a flag. <laughs> yeah. And that's one application. <laughs> Ripping it from a place uh, and then being like, you know, you know, setting it on fire or, you know, putting don't bones on top of it and setting it on fire. Yeah. yeah so, I mean. so right. That's the, and look, here's another example that would not be politically charged at the moment. You think I, I'm, I'm thinking kind of the capital rise, but, but let's take it beyond that. David, right. David danced before the Lord. What did he have? A linen ephod, basically like a thong. That's what he did. And I'm just saying, I'm just saying we preach it like, Oh, look at his love for God. Mm-hmm. But guess what? I want nobody in our Christian community to ever do that. Please so, do not come to church yeah, yeah. and do that. Right. So, so look, this is the podcast. Everybody, everybody listening, please just you know, just just roll with this, okay? <laughs> don't don't use this against us. So I just mean, help put this. Can we? How do we put this in perspective? You see his zeal and the defilement. We're like, whoa. But I almost feel like that could be overboard. Is that how I should read it? And the example of David just giving another example yeah, of the same so, thing. So basically, I, I think part of what you're asking too, if if I take it away from the political aspect and make it like, should we go to the should we go to the adult bookstore and set it on fire and poop on it? Yeah, like that. See, that's a good. Like, that's a great example. Or or another. Or the I, abortion I clinic. Specific. Yeah, right, right. An abortion clinic. Uh, another faith. Oh, they're, these they're not should Christian here. They're Muslim worshiping mosques. Demons. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Do that. Right. I think the obvious answer is absolutely not. But then, what? So what? What's the disconnect? You can you can justify it by reading this, right? Couldn't you say that? So I don't know. I just wanted to see what you think. So I think some of the context here in this in this particular situation is that these altars were erected in the temple that was explicitly built for God. Okay. It's His space, right? Um, it's His space. They sh- they have no place in there. Right. Number one. Number two, I think also the other thing that is at play here is they as a nation have agreed to follow God and God alone. So now these things have to go. So some of the comparison doesn't translate all the way, translate all the way over because um, not everybody is of the same faith in America. Right. Um, that, that's that's just kind yeah, of no, what it that, is. That's a great point that you bring um, up. Yeah. That's kind of what it is. Um, it was the nation of Israel. They had agreed that God was their king. This, right. It was in the temple, which was erected to God. It, and right. And so, I mean, could you even make the argument that in our church, you know, I don't know what an example is, just something similar. You know, we, we, put, up, we put up a thing, whatever. Uh, maybe it'd be slightly more appropriate to have a, a more aggressive response to, hey, hey, you know, this can't be here. We have to get rid of this because it's the church building and it's a, a Christian community. It's I mean, you say it's less about the building, but but you know this is a dedicated place to worship, mm-hmm. you know God. Maybe maybe that's the understanding. So when you think of an abortion clinic, you go, oh well, what's taking place there is horrible. Okay, but but it's not the same as what we're reading with the story of Josiah right now. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. not the same. So we can't use that as justification to do something that would be wrong for us to do i don't know if this would be comparable but it would be like if all of america had a moment of repentance where the entire country came to faith Mm -hmm. then it might be appropriate to go and tear down those buildings but that's not where we're at as a nation like everyone has a different set of beliefs and and if i go and tear down an abortion clinic in front of people who are unbelievers they're going to be look at that wackadoodle you know what i mean like Look at the hate he has. So yes. So and, so I and think that's, that's good to point out too. Josiah is the king here, 
Like right, it was his decree that these things are to no longer be. Right, we're not all the kings. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah, have. So he, I don't. He had decree, the authority. He had, he had the authority to do that. I don't the, have the authority. That's a great. Start, that's a great to point. start. Yes, blowing up places because in the name of Jesus, you know what I mean. Like, Nor does and Jesus I know that's desperate, us, but, yeah. but actually, that was things that had happened with abortion clinics, and that's why it's on my head. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't have the place of authority to go in and do that, and. To be honest, I would be acting illegally. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where he was the king and he said, This as a nation, this is the stand we're making. And it was rules for his people that the things that you have built that are offensive to God, we as a nation are saying that's no longer acceptable. Okay. And so you even saying that is great because I wanted to ask this too. And again, Pastor Jamal, you and I talked about this briefly before the sermon and so this is slightly loaded question but it makes sense with what we were just saying theocracy you talked about the theocracy a system in which the uh priests serve and seek god but god leads the people okay my question is are we in a theocracy right now how should the answer to this question affect our politics i have an answer but i I didn't know if i have an answer i i believe if you call yourself a follower of jesus christ you have now stepped into submission to the theocracy that is in place right now. My personal belief is that Jesus Christ reigns right now. And that, not that you shouldn't be concerned, you should be concerned about the way that your nation is governed. You should, you know, make decisions. Um, you know, you should vote, I believe, from a biblical perspective. However, you should also know that you and I are called to live in a way that understands Jesus reigns right now. That's that's my personal. I'm just gonna I'm just not leave it there. So so you would say we we do live in a theocracy, um, but not our what do you say? Not not our like actual like earthly nation. You're saying like as as Christians anywhere in Correct. the world throughout history. Correct. The the Christian community is in a theocracy. I would, with God. I, yes, yes, that's what I would say. Okay, can can I just can uh, I would like to bring a little bit of clarity to that because I think it could be dangerous. And what I mean by that is, people be like, "Yeah, I obey God, not the president." So I just want to bring a little bit of clarity that that part of our thing of living under God's rule is that we live under his direction in the way that he talks about human authority. And we're called to be servants. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of how to say this. We have to obey our authority. Our, uh, yeah. our, well, it says in Romans 13, our, obey the governing yeah, authority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and, and, and part of that is like because it will go well with you and, and, and then you've earned the right to be heard when you when you have proven that your faith isn't just an excuse for bad behavior, but you say, okay, I want to honor those that God, God, whether we like that person or not, God placed an authority over us. So my uh, being obedient to God and loving under living under his rule means I follow the the setup that he has made for this world, which is there are human rulers. And so I submit myself to that willingly to honor God 
I I just want to clarify. No, that. I'm in agreement. I, yeah, I, like, no, and so, I know you are, and yeah, I know yeah. that's not what you're saying. Because my mind is like, yeah, of course, Jesus. You know, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Like, geez, we see Jesus even in his time on earth submitting to earthly rulers. Yes. You know, like he makes it like his model is that. I I guess the main point that I'm trying to make when I when I say, hey, there's a theocracy at place, is that. And I, I, I might. This is gonna come out jumbled, but I know what I'm trying to it's say. It's the so. podcast. We've already said a bunch of weird stuff today. <laughs> yeah. so. a, just, it so is just, what it is. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> like, <laughs> right. My my allegiance, my ultimate allegiance, rests in the kingdom of God. And yes. And therefore, He has called me. I think Pastor Todd said it. This, you know, I like the way you worded. It. He has called me to be an ambassador here on this earth. Right. Um, and rather than trying to attain political power to make a change, if I filter my life through a kingdom perspective, some, in some ways, that is where I find the power to elicit change in the world around me, right? Like, so if I live my life according to the principles of the kingdom, as I read them and read them in scripture, you know, because a lot of what and that's the thing. And see, that's the thing. Right. A lot of what scripture says is to be the greatest, you must be the lowest. Right. And oftentimes upside, upside down. Kingdom, right. Right. And kingdom. oftentimes we get uh, I'll say we I will say sometimes in Christian in evangelical in the evangelical world, we get so caught up in trying to be the top dog that we it's no wonder why. Oh, man. Wow. OK. It's no wonder why people take issue with us because we're trying to chase this level of power in this earthly world instead of trying to understand that you don't get to that level without influence. Like, like if you want to be at that level and in fact change, you need influence. And to find influence, you need to be a servant. You need to serve people first. Yeah. Like to me, that's how that works and functions. But sometimes it's like it, like, I don't know, when you see people, like, going at it like this, it's like, come on, like, guys, we... Well, again, we're part of the upside-down kingdom. Our world works that you have to be top dog, and that's where the power is, and that's how you affect change in the world. So we oh, I'm Christian. I want to affect change in the world. We got to go to the top, and like you said, we have to serve. That's what Jesus modeled for us. That's the upside-down kingdom, which... I just thought of this. That'd be cool. I gotta, sh- I gotta see if there's a T-shirt or something that says like the word "kingdom" but like upside down. That'd be, that'd be yeah, cool. there's a couple. Um, there's gotta be. Yes, yeah, there's kingdom. a couple stranger like Stranger Things font like says upside, the upside down, and then kingdom. And then kingdom. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so. Okay. But yeah, that's exactly it. And you brought up that verse. That's one of one of my favorite verses in Second Corinthians five, verse twenty. Therefore, we're ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. So. Yeah, we're we're his ambassadors, and that's the way to understand it. So, if you want to say a theocracy in that sense that we, hey, we obey God, right? As a Christian community, our allegiance is to God, and being in this world, we're his ambassadors. So I'm here, um, living in the nation of America, and I'm an ambassador for the kingdom of God, and that's how I need to understand my perspective. I was gonna say, I think I've, and the best way I think we can like challenge maybe some of that thinking that you were talking about pastor Ty, how some people can see it this way i think the way you challenge that is the way that i've heard you pastor matt speak to other people you just ask them what does the bible say about this like because oftentimes when we're giving our opinion yeah we're coming from our angle our lens 
very rarely are we coming from the Bible, you know. Yeah. Yeah. A biblical opinion. approach. Yeah, you know, yeah. We're usually coming from the opinion. Coming from an opinion rather yeah. than the model and the example that Jesus and oftentimes people that's where people get frustrated too. Like you they'll say, Well, I you know, I, Bible says this. Okay, well, what did you see Jesus model? Yeah. Well, but what I'm saying is no, 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 that's not the question I'm asking you. Yeah. The question I'm asking you is what did you see Jesus model? Like, you know, okay, you can, you know, sometimes people can just use the Bible to just justify what they, you know, well, justify and, their opinion. And I guess I, am, I was almost saying that too with Josiah. You see the zeal. Mm -hmm. You see this going on. And so you could, in one sense, justify, use it to justify. And so it's good that we're having this conversation. Mm -hmm. So you're right. It's not just justifying my already existing opinion. What is Jesus modeled in? What what we talked about in the group huddle, uh, if you're listening, you don't know, in the morning with everybody who's volunteering, we do a quick group huddle. And I share John 13 where it says Jesus knew that he had authority over all things. He knew he came from the Father. He's going back to the Father. He then took a towel, put it on himself, and then washed his disciples' feet. And so Jesus, ha knowing that he who he is in his absolute freedom and power, chooses to serve and so what do you and then he says uh you need to do this you're not greater than your master if i your master your lord and teacher did this you need to do it um and that's and then again he goes on that's how people will know you're my disciples so uh that's what jesus models for us to do yeah and i i think the reality is if we want to change the world i'm not going to change the president i am not going to change our election process i do have the opportunity to influence the people around me yeah and so if through my relationships with people i influence them then i have begun to change the world and transform it i may not reach the top there are people who are called to do that but god has called me and living under his leadership to influence the people around me and so i have to earn the right sometimes to 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 be heard so that i can influence that and I think if I run around dumping, <laughs> if I run around dumping bone ash on people, they're not going to give a rip about what I say. Y you know what I'm saying? You know, like. So I was going to say I can just in the same way that you had said before about like somebody could, you know, take it in this particular lane. I think somebody could immediately take what you're saying too, Pastor Matt, and say, oh, well, Jesus showed zeal when he was flipping tables and money changers and, he and did. this and a third. But I, it, I but mean, I, technically, it was his temple, too. I was so. going to say, I was going to say, hey. I was going to say, <laughs> would you own the temple? <laughs> well, I was going to say part of that, part of that for him, though, too, specifically is like it is. Jesus gets to use that zeal one because obviously it's his temple, but then two also because essentially they were doing exactly what was happening in Josiah's day. Like, you know, they were, it was keeping people from actually drawing nearer to God. Like, yeah. you know, you're keeping people from coming in and worshiping because you're trying to like nickel and dime them. Uh, and that's not what the temple was, was for. It was so people could come and know the creator. So Jesus steps in and he's like, you guys have turned this into a den of robbers, into a den of thieves. I got this is not how this is supposed to be. Like, and so yeah, he gets a he gets to have that same zeal because anytime, anytime something gets put in place that is an obstruction to drawing people to Jesus, yeah, man, I think you should have. Especially in the temple. Well, especially like, in the temple. So, like, so for us in the church. So, 
Right, Jesus did have that kind of zeal. So uh, you find out that our church is charging people to just to, you know for a seat or for a better seat. Oh, you can get front row for twenty five dollars. Come like, rip the front row out. That, bro. Now you now <laughs> you can have because this is not the place where That's we're supposed we to be that. creating that separation between man and God. It's it's where we're supposed to be uh, meeting together, and it's that place. And so Jesus did have that zeal, but not against. I'm going to repeat myself, so just whatever. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's got to be it's got to be here. Yeah. Whatever. And Jesus. Jesus' typical way of functioning was not walking around throwing tables at people. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And sometimes that's how we act. Like we're a Christian and we got a chip on our shoulder. And so we walk around throwing tables at the world, you know, and that's not how Jesus acted. This was a specific situation. It was actually unusual for Jesus to have taken these steps. Otherwise, we wouldn't even be talking about it. You know what I mean? So it was an unusual thing. Not saying that that means it was wrong. It's just unusual and there was a point to be made that he was making and he had the right and the authority to do that. If we walk around like with that same attitude towards every single wrong and sometimes we got to learn to you know like when to pick a fight and when not to, you know. Yeah. And if we pick a fight all the time, then eventually all we are is a fighter. We're not necessarily all, all we become is a bully. Mm-hmm. You know, and and the world Listen, Christians don't like bullies. The world doesn't like bullies. Nobody likes to be bullied. Yeah. So if you want to influence me, influence me by talking with me and having a relationship and not necessarily by flipping tables all the time. And even the word says, you know, I have drawn you with loving kindness. That's the yeah. the picture that comes to my mind when I see when I think yeah. of like how people come to know the Lord, um, the Holy Spirit. It There is, seems to be like a wooing of sorts um, as opposed to like uh, thrashing and throwing of. Yeah, it's the it's the kindness of the Lord that leads to repentance. Mm-hmm. You know? That's yeah, Amen. That's it, and and I love that you said that too, Pastor Todd. Like sometimes maybe, and you didn't say this, but I'm going off what you said. Oh, I can't influence the president, or I'm not going to change the electoral system, or something. One, we already said we don't live. You know, our nation is not a theocracy, so that's one thing. So I I, I use the political process as a tool, and and I vote biblically, but also too sometimes. Um, we may have a higher view of ourselves. That's what I meant by like, or like you said earlier, I don't have the authority. Josiah had authority and he did what was right um, for that time. And it's recorded in the Bible for us, but I don't have that authority. And it, it I, I'm overstepping my own bounds or it becomes a pride thing. If I think I am the sole arbiter of change now. And so, Hey, uh, who, who has God put in my life to influence? I'm actually losing my focus. I'm an ambassador for Christ it's like you just said, um, it's the Lord's kindness that leads people to repentance. So let me vote biblically. Let me be passionate and informed about the issues. What would God's word say about this for our country? But I'm also an ambassador for Christ. So who around me is, uh, you know, Pastor Jamal preached a great sermon yesterday, but Pastor Jamal will never talk to this person because I work with them and he doesn't. If I'm going to get carried away with who you know, I think the president is going to affect, you know, these different changes. And that's the only thing I focus on. I'm missing the people God has put in my life that he hasn't put in Pastor Jamal's life, that he hasn't put in Pastor Todd's life. And so, yeah, yeah, I think that's really good. And can I just come at this at one one other different aspect to maybe like personalize it a little bit? Like we've been talking about like how we view the world and how we deal with the world. But what if we had the same fervor for ripping down the idols in our lives yeah. that he had for ripping uh, down those altars and that's uh, the 
And that's the main point right there. Yeah. You just, you, that's it right there. You know, and, and, and how often we don't, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, and I think that that ultimately is like, like an, a, a, just as equally, if not more important that when we see those altars in our lives, those are the things that we burn to the ground. Not necessarily the altars for other people, yep. but the altars yeah. for ourselves. Right. And that's, that's really that's good. It. That's really good. That's it. That's a sweet spot right there. Cause that oh. was ultimately like, right. That's ultimately like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I had one more I was going to do, but that, that sounds like a great place to end it. But I mean, did you want to do one more? Or is it a little more heady? Less. That's what, go for it. Hard. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, uh, okay. Here's the connection. You know, w- in order to do those things, you had said, Pastor Jamal, Hey, we need Jesus. We need a true heart transformation. You want your heart to be rekindled. It has to be through Jesus. And, um, you had talked about how Jesus was the embodiment of every office of the theocracy. That was really good. He's the prophet, the priest, and the king. And you had listed some verses, uh, teachings that Jesus had said, where he's even just some quick examples of how he's those things. But so anyway, I just wanted to ask, because I figured it's a podcast, uh, we, we probably are not going to completely be able to unpack this, but could could you maybe, or us maybe just a little bit more in depth, unpack what we mean by that, that Jesus is the prophet, the priest, and the king some of our some people listening probably know that or have heard that, but I'm gonna think probably a lot of times we may say things like this and it's kind of in depth or there's a lot of layers to it. So again, we're not gonna unpack the whole thing. But what does that mean? Well, you can get two thirds of the answers for that by just going back and listening over the gift series from December because you guys unpacked that. Yes, yes. In yeah, there, you know, you talk about uh, him as a priest. You talk about him as a king. So some of that and. I mean, that was the other thing, too. I didn't get a chance to say. I think I said it in the beginning, but never brought it there. But, like, since May of last year, maybe since earlier than that, it's just constantly been conversation about, like, even in the beginning when Pastor Jeff said, hey, we're starting off the year. We're talking about the things that we value. Pastor Jeff has kind of been in the vein of, like, like, he's just been in the vein. He's been in, like, in the in the flow for real. From talking about what we value to talking about, what Pentecost really like really meant like and how you know we're called to be you know people who are out in the world making an influence bringing in the harvest like to everything with like you know combating racism like it's been this almost this constant conversation throughout like even the pandemic like you know the messages on you know online guys we need to be rooted in these things and need to be you know showing the fruit of this this is what it means to be christian i feel like that's been the conversation from january all the way back all the way up until here now and i just feel like god has been trying to speak to our church specifically like this is what it means to be christian because a lot of what the message has been on a glo- on a maybe global scale but a national level is this is a, this is what it means to be christian that you you know, you like you do this, you do this, you do this, and you do this. This is what it means to be Christian. And I just feel like, you know, the the culmination, I guess, of the, the message yesterday was like, we've got to get these idols out of our lives so that there's, I say we got to, it's, we have to surrender. I think you asked this question too, Pastor Matt. You said, how do I change my, you know, like, how do I, I think you said, you know, how do I change my desires? You can't. It is all Jesus. It's the work of him. You know, so we surrender to him working in our hearts and in our lives that way. 
but yeah, and I, I think I think you're totally right about the the common thread over the last basically year. Yes, and I feel like it's just important for that. us to like not just throw that away, like because you know we're moving from series to series to series, but really take a step back and look and say, oh man, really, God has been speaking to my to my life about this, about my life about this, about this, about this. He's trying to get our attention, and part of this is my personal opinion. Personal opinion alert. I believe that we're on the precipice of some 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 change globally, hopefully nationally, of what it means to be followers of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And if I'm excited because God has been speaking to our church about it. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that to me excites me. Like, oh shoot! Like God has really been taking the time, taking the time to. I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to make it seem as though like 272 Jackson Mills Road is like the only place that you can hear God speaking. No. But what I'm saying is like, take a minute to pause and say, wow, God has been, he's trying to get our attention because he's, sounds like he's getting ready to do something. Sounds uh, like he's yeah. getting ready to like unleash something and, and we mm -hmm. get to be part of it if we listen. Like, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. if we humble ourselves and choose to listen, we get to be a part of it. And I just, that excites me. And like, I guess that was also like, I didn't get a chance to say that yesterday. So like, I just I don't know, throw that in there. But yeah, no, I, I feel the same way. I yeah. feel like you're describing how I felt. You said that. And I was like, oh, yeah, like definitely. Then Rebecca and I were talking a little bit and I'm like, it's definitely true. And I kind of went through the, the similar thought process of like, man, if like there's been a threat. I'm like, first of all, this is great to know that you're like, you can't deny that that's God speaking to Pastor Jeff, speaking to the staff, speaking in our church and I don't, yeah, I don't want to make that exclusively the staff in our church God has been doing this and you're you're looking back at a year nobody planned that and like I felt similarly so I guess you just said it very well that you, you I feel the same way like mm -hmm. man this is awesome like God is speaking to our church in a time when everybody there's so many voices and oh this is what it means to be a Christian and that's awesome so our hey God like I want to be on the same page what do you what are you going to do and are you going to use us I'm, I'm this is awesome, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Well, I think it's really good. The one thing I would say is I don't know. Um, oh no, no, yeah, you had said yeah for for priest and king. We talked about. Oh yeah, and, priest uh, and king, prophet. Uh, we, we we did we did <clears throat> just answering that question. Jesus is prophet, priest, and king. We did talk about those. You can listen to the gift series. I did priest. Yeah, yeah. I did you did one. priest. Pastor Jeff did king. King, prophet. We didn't so much cover. Mm -hmm. Um. So, but maybe uh, you have a thought, Pastor. Uh, I guess if you think if you think about what the purpose was of a prophet, God had prophets because they had carried a message from God to the people. You know, the the overly simplified version. Mm -hmm. And Jesus carried the message of who God was and what He looked like to the people by literally living among them, walking it out, and living it out. Uh, and saying, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Mm -hmm. So I think in a very simple way, that's how he served as prophet. He he carried a message about, listen, this is what the Father loves. This is who the Father is. And this is how we connect with the Father. He carried that message to the people. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's really great, Pastor Todd. And yeah, thank you for um, answering that really well for us. So... Um, it's been fun. That's what I had. I, I just skipped that closing note in there. I don't know if you had any. Uh, 
I, I have lots of opinions yeah, about we, that. Or lots uh, of, not opinions. Be, I have lots of. So, so. Um, his last thing on there. Let, let, let's say this. So, so, so real quick, we'll put a spoiler alert. You know, we like to nerd out a little bit here. To laugh, just to close a couple minutes. Spoiler alert. Spo- spoiler for one. Heavy spoiler, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. It's about he- to happen. Let's do this so we don't get too distracted so we can hit uh, off for the record button. This week is the season finale, right? Or is it one more week? I thought it was I don't know. I think it might be this week, but I'm not sure. I am. Okay, wait a minute. First of all, WandaVision. Okay, because we said spoilers, and then we didn't say spoilers uh, yeah, for what? Yeah, spoilers. It's for WandaVision. WandaVision. Yeah, I think. Okay. So I think it might be, um, it might be the end because, and I sent you the that picture of. It seems that the episodes fall in line with the five stages of grief, and if you like, kind of like follow that, like the stages of grief, the last episode is acceptance. Like you kind of see her going like the last stage is accepted so you kind of it's uh, it's like bargaining denial like all these different things right like but at, it seems that now she's been confronted with the truth because agnes right walks her through every stage at which these things kind of take place and she's kind of like I get, yeah and she's like How, why did this happen why and and she's like struggling she's like i, I don't i don't know maybe because she's like no and then move to the next yeah, you know like yeah, she's yeah. Hitting her with like, no, that's not the answer. Why is this? Is why is it? Yeah, and then I, finally she's like, it's this. And then you see Agnes. Yeah, you yeah. Know, she's yeah, clapping yeah. because now she's like, now we know yeah. why. Like she she was framed as like almost like a therapist walking her through. That's not enough. Or, or she's like, I, I don't want to go back there. You can do it. Yeah. Actually, you can go back there. Yeah. Go back there. Yeah. Because we need to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. And and I and so yeah, this might when you reach acceptance you know sometimes that's kind of like when you're like okay but but some people some people go through the stages of grief multiple times and then sometimes or differently or, or different or differently right because i think that there's originally it's five stages but then i've heard that there have been like some people who say there's seven stages and so like and those are just general observations about the grief process not everybody goes through them in the same way not everybody goes through them in the same order or goes through every stage of them correct so just to put that out there, but yeah, yeah I think that's kind of. So what I just was gonna ask, if this is the season finale, what do you think is gonna happen? Sorry, sorry. That's the song that it was Agnes all along. Which, let me tell you, it's <laughs> like the best. Song. When that started, I'm like, ah! I think that has been like our favorite part of the show. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so what do I think is gonna happen? I don't Oh man, there's so many different things. I told Pastor Jamal today. I wonder if okay. So did you did you hang Wander. out? Wander. Wait, <laughs> I'm just kidding. A Wanda. <laughs> did you did you see the mid? Yes. The po- the, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I'm like, <laughs> what is going to happen with that? So part of me wonders. Some oh, so many thoughts. So my question I'm is, I'm gonna say my I'm gonna say what I yeah, hope ahead, happens, so that it's on wax. I want it on wax. I hope that somebody at Disney in the writer's room is smart, I don't want to say smart enough, but like that they see a possibility to take the pieces of vision that they pulled out of his, out of the Mind Stone when he was in Wakanda that's on Shuri's computer and allow those elements to possibly be placed somewhere where we can get a version of vision 
back that is familiar. That's my. That's it. Um, okay. So, <laughs> and he, that's, he, that's good to preempt what I'm about to say because I, I, I am hoping and I'm thinking that they're going to use white vision, which is what I'm calling them right now, mm-hmm. white vision, uh, as some kind of new body for the vision that Wanda created in the hex. Okay. So I, I hope that that's what happens. And, what? And, over the original? Well, well, no, 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 no. Not over the original. I think got it. I think that's too. I think the original's gone. I think the original's gone. I think he's. I would be too. Uh, let me put it this way. Yeah, yeah. I always just want a straight happy end. That's okay. what I want. And guess what? What your idea, Pastor Mall, would be the happiest to me. Oh, because OG Vision is back happy. And then they just give him the house in New Jersey. Sounds great. <laughs> so they're not going to do that because it's too happy, which is why Mandalorian Season 2 is amazing because it had to be what it was. And then. But anyway, but so I think what would be the bittersweet and version would be she created this new version of him. Mm-hmm. He genuinely loves her, and it's him, but he has no memory of his past. If he can go into the white vision, that's like his new body and survive outside the hex. Now, that's the bittersweet. It really is vision, and he's with her, but it's bitter Not because the, the whole life that they had before this, he doesn't. He'll never know. Which would lead us to the multiverse of. Whatever, what is it called? Insanity or something like that? What's it, what's it called? Multiverse madness. Multiverse madness. Because then maybe she's skipping different universes to find her version well, of one. So well, here, here's another question about the multiverse thing, okay? The whole Pietro casting, okay? Everybody has taken that as like, oh, the X-Men and Fox is obviously the same actor. Yeah, I'm starting to think now that it literally was just a meta move. Like a Disney, LOL, they'll everyone's gonna love this like and that's what also partially makes you fall for it because you already knew that he was uh quicksilver so when you see him you go that's quicksilver and and so it was meta but nothing else because they do right and i mean doesn't agnes Agnes call him confirms fiat fiatro like fiatro so that i was kind of like she said you believed it because of the state that you were in yes so it's she, right, Agnes is almost kind of confirming, like, yeah, this is not your he's, brother. He's nobody else. Yeah, yeah, like, you believe this because of where you were, not because of what I made it to be. Like, yeah. so, yeah, definitely, it's just a meta move, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So which then, is still pretty cool, Actually, which is what I thought it was originally. Mm. But then everyone was like, X-Men, I'm like, yeah, no, oh, I definitely. And I thought. I think I've come yeah, off yeah, of it yeah, now. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I thought it was X-Men. It would have been a dope. It would have been. It would have been a dope wave. I mean, they could. It would have been a. Dope it's, life, it but, still could be, I guess. But, but it would have been, I guess, a little messy. How do you, how do you pull this guy from? Like, like it would have been a little messy. But like, I think the idea of mutants is still possible. Like, they could still run with that. But I don't know. I just want you. Can, I'm just saying. You. I think he is. So let me just go back. I think parts of Vision is still. I know. In Wakanda. Back. Well, because because you could ease. Part. It's so in my mind. I could literally, as a writer, if I'm writing for Disney, I could easily be like, cool, yeah, parts of Jarvis's code is still in Ultron, number one, because Ultron almost always comes back. Number two, parts of his code are in Wakanda because of, she even said, or Shuri even said, <clears throat> you know, yeah, you could separate him. She made it seem as if separating Vision from the Mind Stone was a cakewalk because the way that Bruce and Tony 
responded yes. to her in that moment were like we didn't think of it we didn't think about that although, like, yeah, although i will this. say like, that when she said that i was like but he and, oh and actually we watched age of ultron on saturday so it's also fresh for me i like he is the result of all those things together Ultra, uh, ultron vision the mind stone uh the vibranium and really even like when uh Bruce Banner's talking about in Infinity War. He even lists himself, him and Tony, part of them are part of his creation process. So what I'm saying is for him to exist without the Mind Stone, like, I was like, no, that is essential to how he was created. I guess now what you can say is so he has a consciousness that Shuri says, oh, we can remove the Mind Stone. But I'm like, it wouldn't have been obvious because that is what was essential to creating him. He should definitely Create, be creating, creating him without the mind stone. Say it again. I, I think he should definitely be like depowered without the mind stone. And that's fine. I, I, and I think Wanda would, she would not mind him being depowered. She just wants vision. See what I'm saying? And that's why, like, I'm like, yeah, let's give her that. Let's give her what she wants. Which is why happy. I'm saying, if his consciousness that she has brought back or recreated or whatever in the hex can now live in the body but he doesn't remember the past that sounds like the okay wanda is not alone anymore she has vision but it's not the like nice bow you know tie in a bow ending which is what i would want i'm me i just want everything happy i want civil war but, it was captain america civil war amazing movie but i'm just like so heartbroken because they're fighting i don't I want everyone to be happy and 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 here's a marvel thing marvel kind of does did in their movie with somebody dying well i was gonna say who's too, not coming back well and also except for he might sometimes you know, but you know what i mean like they always do that stuff deep, but. deep deeper deeper spoiler alerts if you read the comics, Wanda and Vision do end up separating because the new Vision is not the Vision that she knows and loves. And in the comic books, there oh, is a white no, Vision. That'd be so sad if they did that. Well, season two? No. I, it, no, 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 no. Better, better. Season two is this. Okay, so my ending that I, that we we've talked about. That's the one that happens. But in season two, he's not the same. So they go to Wakanda, find the code. <laughs> Boom. Dude, that's trying to bring him back. Trying to bring him back. Yeah, at least restore yeah, his well, memory. Think, there I you think, go. But I think uh, if if I'm, I don't know, if I'm, see, the tough thing about it is this, is that if I am a producer at Disney, yes, that makes sense because I want to, you know, the we don't want to kill the cash cow. We're making not, not we're making good money off of WandaVision but series. But they, they haven't guaranteed a second season yet. But I was going to say, if you're a creator, though, you play the WandaVision as a limited series. These, how many episodes, you could argue and say, in, time, in running time, they are equivalent to a movie. And we gave you a movie of WandaVision. WandaVision. Yeah. We're not obligated to give you anything else. Like... It, like, I don't it, view them as doing multiple seasons because, yeah, right. they haven't said anything. And even the yeah. name of the show doesn't lend itself towards the second season, WandaVision, because, like, it really it really kind of, like, like anchors it in this idea of it being, like, a TV show somehow, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. So. And, and they're in phase four now, so, like, everything is a roadmap. Like, oh, again, watching Age of Ultron, right? I'm like, if you watched Avengers 1 and then watched age of ultron you would have missed a few things like you had to have watched the other movies to get you to age of ultron where shield is totally gone now and all these things so wandavision and this is why marvel is genius and amazing is because 
WandaVision on its own is great and fun and amazing, but it's still a piece to a puzzle. It's a pawn to the greater game that Marvel's doing. Yeah, and I think they're and I think kind of what they're doing is they're filling in, in some in-between pieces. So when they start introducing their next phase or the Young Avengers or whatever it is they're doing, the new Avengers, like they they're kind of <laughs> setting the stage for like here's where we're at. You know what I mean, and it's completing their storylines. I the bit. only thing that I, I'm a little bit troubled about is uh, I don't know if I, it depends on what they put. It depends on what they do with with Rambo, because I don't think her and Peter can coexist in the Avengers, uh, or uh, maybe they can coexist. I just want Peter to be the leader of the Avengers, even though Rambo, because she's she holds the title as the leader of the Avengers for a period of time in the comics. I mean, but they don't follow all the Peter comics all the time. Parker, Peter Parker. Yeah, yeah sorry. Okay. So both of them do. Yeah, both of them. Oh, oh you're just. But, but when you said Peter, I just. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, right. Because there's Peter Quill, right? Like I got you. So yeah, Peter Parker holds the title as leader of the Avengers for a period of time. You kind of get the vibe that that's how Tony has been trying to groom Peter this entire time. Robert Downey Jr. has already already said and confirmed that he would love for them to do Ironheart with Riri Williams, which would also be a dope thing because in her Iron in her Iron Man suit, instead of it being like Friday, it's it's Tony. Tony is the voice inside of her suit. They're gonna do it. That They're would gonna be bring so, Tony back. You bring Downey AI. Jr. back in they will. to do the voice, like it would be you know, I don't care what the story is. <laughs> I don't care who the actress is. I don't care if it's a girl from Thirteen Reasons Why, and she's horrible. He's like, if Tony's the AI, I'm there. He's like, I'm, I'm sold. <laughs> I pay the money. But like, I'm there. but I, but I would like to see. I don't know. But I just don't know if I just don't know if you can have Monica Rambeau be leader of the Avengers with Peter being there. Unless, I guess Peter could defect or not defect, but defer and be like, yeah, I just not. I don't feel like I'm ready. And they, it could, but I they know. could take her in a completely different direction too, you know, yeah, and not put her on see, me. They, they, they could, they could. I would say, I think they're they're more the, introducing her because when they were introducing Captain Marvel, they had talked about her being like the she's taking over for Iron Man. I don't think she had that kind of reception, right? So right now, I don't know where she's at. She, Spider Man people felt okay. Now they're grooming Spider Man. But then now Sony's like, yeah, but we don't know. So we got Sony another movie. Need to stop playing, bro. Well, and actually, it's even less Sony. Disney was like, hey, we we already make a ton of money from this. Can you give us more? And Sony said, lol, I guess we can make one more movie and be done. So that's that. So I'm not gonna only blame Sony, but anyway. So I think maybe by introducing Monica Rambeau and well, obviously one more heroes, but like if Peter does not stick around. I, that would and be he can't, he can't fulfill the role of leader of the Avengers. I can't Maybe that. they would love him to, but and he's not going to. So, so all right, to bring it back to WandaVision, you know, because there's so many things I want to talk about. But so do you think yes. this is my question? Jimmy Woo for president. Wait, answer no. this question, and then okay. I'm going to hit off on the record button. So just for all of our uh, anybody who's still here. Hey, <laughs> if you're still here, we love you. Okay, sorry. So my, my, my question is, do you think White Vision is... Do you think that that is a version of Vision that they built based upon what they learned from Vision's body parts? Like, do you think that's a completely different Vision? Yes. Or do you think that when they put them all back together, something about putting them back together and trying to get them active, like, changed his color or whatever? I thought that it was the same body. If that's Did your question. You? 
I did think that, especially and again, yes, rewatching Age of Ultron. It's like it was that Dr. Helen Cho who had the body, who created it, and what isn't it made of vibranium too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I mean, it, it seems. Uh, I mean, they could do anything. I guess it could be a new body, but I was under the impression it was the same one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought was I, I wasn't sure. Honestly, I wasn't because I'm like, I don't understand why why his body is absent of all color now if it's the same one, and his eyes were funky. He didn't have his color. eyes were funky different. He didn't have color in the box. When they were building them in the in the in Age of Ultron. Yeah, he, that's true. He didn't until until he uh, came to life. He came to life. Yeah, that is actually true. Yeah. Okay. But, but all right. But he did have color when he was dead. When she saw him in the facility, mm-hmm. and he was in pieces. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. That's right. why. I so, so, so that's why. I'm, so I don't know. The I don't same know. body. Why would it now be white? Unless they just gave him a paint job to be like, yeah, he's not the same anymore. Which they could have. Yeah, or or maybe they tweaked him when they put him back together. I think it's that. a different body. That's yeah, just or, or it could just be different. Yeah. So I'm just that's not just, sure. That's not sure. I want to. I just want. I just want. I just want. I just want them to go. I There's a couple things episode. they could just easily fix by going to Wakanda, bro. Like just go to Wakanda, bring my man Vision back. Go to Wakanda, give Rhodey his legs back. Agent. They could do that. Oh, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You've brought that up. Yeah. What's his name? Um, Agent Ross. Yeah. He, when he was in Wakanda, he. He got bipped. He was on the verge of dying. They say that man's life with a whatever whatever the beads are called. I don't remember what it's called. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, Save that uh, man's yeah. life. That boy was like almost gone. Save brought that man back. Like you telling me that you can't put Rhodey back together? Man, come on. And especially now that Tony's gone. Yeah, whoa. they they gotta go to Wakanda. Here, 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 two two things. One, one, that's the one thing about introducing something that's so great. Is now just solves everything, and that's what they said about back again. I'm kind of thinking back. The original Avengers. One of the things they said was, "Well, how are they going to make movies after that? Because why don't they all just band together and do it?" Now, of course, now they have made movies since, but that's what everybody said. Even Captain Marvel. It's like, oh, she's so powerful. It, what do you do with her now? Like sort of thing. So Wakanda, Wakanda can do can be the solution to everything. So you got to find out how it doesn't. And slightly, slightly kind of meta, but Wakanda also is in disarray at the moment. They may be trying to figure out what they want to do with Wakanda. No. Yeah, yeah. Wakanda's, of... Wakanda's fine. I mean, she could be the next, but yeah. She does in the comics. She holds the mantle. Well, but they may just need to figure out how to do that the right way. Yeah. Right. Not, so not that it shouldn't so happen, but so it, they're it honors currently, him and it doesn't. Yeah, it's they, not, need, yeah, they yeah. need to figure yeah. it out. Maybe I so Actually, I don't know. I, I maybe they're like, we, we can't go there right now because. But that's okay. Your boy, right I, I mark my words too. I want this on wax and then we'll leave. But Robert Downey Jr. will reprise his role as Iron Man somehow. In some way, shape, or form. For Spidey. No, not necessarily for Spidey. And when 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 Kang the Conqueror gets introduced into everything, you'll, you'll see Robert Downey come back and play Iron Man. All right. All right. Everybody, thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the nerd talk, but also the uh, greater, deeper discussion. Uh, it's been Pastor Matt, Pastor Jamal, and Pastor Todd. And we'll see you next time. See and you. we're going to talk some more. <laughs> <laughs>